August 10th, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 20. When you have something against another Christian, why do you file a lawsuit and ask a secular court to decide the matter, instead of taking it to other Christians to decide who is right? Don't you know that someday we Christians are going to judge the world? And since you are going to judge the world, can't you decide these little things among yourselves? Don't you realize that we Christians will judge angels? So you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disagreements here on earth. If you have legal disputes about such matters, why do you go to outside judges who are not respected by the church? I am saying this to shame you. Isn't there anyone in all the church who is wise enough to decide these arguments? But instead, one Christian sues another, right in front of unbelievers. To have such lawsuits at all is a real defeat for you. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourselves be cheated? But instead, you yourselves are the ones who do wrong and cheat even your own Christian brothers and sisters. Don't you know that those who do wrong will have no share in the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves, those who indulge in sexual sin, who are idol worshippers, adulterers, male prostitutes, homosexuals, thieves, greedy people, drunkards, abusers, and swindlers, none of these will have a share in the kingdom of God. There was a time when some of you were just like that, but now your sins have been washed away, and you have been set apart for God. You have been made right with God because of what the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God have done for you. You may say, I am allowed to do anything, but I reply, Not everything is good for you, and even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food. This is true, though some day God will do away with both of them. But our bodies were not made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise our bodies from the dead by His marvelous power, just as He raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which belongs to Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never! And don't you know that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the Scriptures say, The two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with Him. Run away from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Or don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. If we don't understand what love actually is, and if our understanding of love doesn't have some depth and some root and an anchor to it, when we begin to talk about God's love for us, we can't frame it up. Like it won't feel as spectacular as it is because we'll feel like we've got to measure up and we feel like we've got to do everything right in order for God to love us. That we are loved as long as we can perform accordingly. But that's not love as the Bible teaches it. 
I am well aware that out before me now are people who are struggling in one area of life or another. There are addictions in this place. There are fears in this place. There are people struggling with depression in this place. And there are those who are on and on and on and on. I could go here. And so God, in his leaning in, meeting us where we are, right in the middle of our junk, sends Christ to be the righteousness that we would need. Listen, your righteousness, you at your best, is never going to be adequate to cancel the record of debt. You're never going to be good enough to save yourself. Look at me. You're never going to be good enough to save yourself, ever. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Now, I'm just going to stop there. For God so loved the world, as in there was a volume of love that God had for the world that he's expressing in this text. It wasn't a little bit of love. He so loved that he gave his only son, his only begotten son. So um, now what you have here is the love of God initiating towards us. Now again, this whole thing is spectacular. For God so loved the world that he moved towards those on earth, that he moved towards us. My favorite thing about Good Friday is that God publicly, efficiently, and for all time outed me. He just completely outed me. And now that outing has set me free. And and here's what I mean by that. God publicly acknowledges that Matt Chandler is going to need a Savior. He's going to fall short. He's going to be far from perfect. He's going to need me. I don't have to be more than I am. And just go, you know what? Sometimes I still doubt. Sometimes I rest. I've got to preach the gospel to myself a lot. It's still at times hard for me to believe that God loves me like I am. I still keep thinking he's going to love some future version of me better than the one right now. Jesus set me free from all of that. God said, I'm just going to let you know everyone's a bum. Bam, right there. Good Friday. Now, be honest because I've outed you. Don't pretend because I've already decreed and declared and let people know everyone's broken. Look what I had to do. And that's why we call Good Friday Good Friday because on it we are outed and our sins are absorbed in the cross of Christ. And so here we are, brothers and sisters, loved by God, God leaning into us for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? 
He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's Son. He's a sinner's Savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Psalm 31, verses 9 through 18. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. My sight is blurred because of my tears. My body and soul are withering away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Misery has drained my strength. I am wasting away from within. I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they turn the other way. I have been ignored as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot. I have heard the many rumors about me, and I am surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying, You are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Let your favor shine on your servant. In your unfailing love, save me. Don't let me be disgraced, O Lord, for I call out to you for help. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them lie silent in the grave. May their lying lips be silenced, those proud and arrogant lips that accuse the godly. 
Proverbs 21, verse 3. The Lord is more pleased when we do what is just and right than when we give Him sacrifices.